0: I'm Ashton Ratansi, and welcome back to Going Underground, broadcasting all around the world from the Middle East as UK-US, EU-armed Israel has continued the killing in Gaza, the West Bank, Lebanon and Syria. With the Biden administration declaring no red lines for Israel, what can stop thousands more from being killed? Joining me is someone who has been in the Israeli government as Justice Minister and Deputy Foreign Minister, former US-backed peace plan negotiator and an architect of the 1993 Oslo Accords, Yossi Balian joins me from Tel Aviv. Thanks so much, uh, Yossi, for coming on. The uh, violence has been Thank continuing you. for uh, weeks. Of course, I mean, how many more people do you think joined Hamas for every bomb dropped on Gaza? And do you think it's an issue that concerns the Israeli, in effect, coalition government?
1: Well, I don't know what the what does concern them. With all due respect, uh, as you know me for a few years. I'm a staunch opposition to this uh, government. I hope that after the war, they will will end the term. Uh, And apparently this is what will happen. But if you ask me about uh, joining Hamas as a result of the the conflict now, uh, I'm sure that you are right. I mean, usually in such a situation, you see that people are identifying uh, with uh, with the sides, sometimes it is the two sides, sometimes it is one side, but it cannot be a reason to allow Hamas to remain the government in Gaza, and that is the main point. I mean, the end should the, the war should end with the end of their governing Gaza because they are doing awful things to the uh, so uh, to the surrounding to Israel and to the Arab countries, which sometimes are shy to uh, say it openly. But I'm sure that you know it, and I, of course, know it, because I'm getting uh, many phone calls from people, uh, from uh, Palestinians and from uh, others in the region who say, don't give up, don't give up. You are fighting for all of us.
0: So wait, so the mission is to just destroy the present of leadership, because if indeed it is an issue that you agree with. Uh, support for Hamas is apparently surging in the West Bank. Poll after yeah,
1: for a while. Op-
0: yeah, so it's increasing for the a number. While of- it
1: will surge with with the uh, I mean, with the current situation, I can understand that it will surge, but not for long. I mean, if people see that uh, that Gaza is under a normal uh, rule, not uh, uh, under these uh, uh, zealots, the religious and uh, no, no, no,
0: I zealots. meant I meant it surging in the West Bank. Not only yeah, is it I
1: know. the I mean, reaction it to it. Hmm. It will continue. I, I'm sure because they are watching TV and seeing what is happening to their brethren. And I can understand it, but I don't think that it will go for long because they once they see the, the, the situation in Gaza after the war, if there will be a trusteeship, if it will be the PLO or whoever will take it. The 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 leadership in, in in Gaza, hopefully not Israel itself, uh, then the situation will change there, and they will understand that what was done in Gaza was a must. Of course, there is a a a death toll uh, for uninvolved people in Gaza, which is really very problematic. But please give me another solution for the current. A situation after October the seventh, when we know what they can do, and we know that they can return, and we know that it is a must, like with ISIS in the past, to put an end to a situation where by a, 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 a zealots like them are governing an area.
0: I, I want to get it onto ISIS in a moment, but uh, you asked for a solution. Clearly, the solution that's argued for by the UAE. Russia, China, that is an immediate ceasefire and some kind of negotiations in a neutral country that's not directly involved in the conflict, isn't it? That's the solution, as, as all wars, except say, World War II. I'll
1: tell you what is, what is the difference with this war. Usually you have two sides which are at war, and but they are ready to negotiate uh, behind the scene publicly or whatever. And usually people like myself or yourself would say, of course, this is the best solution, the compromise between them. It is a win-win. You had a war, very sad, but now sit together, make peace between yourselves, and that's the end of the story. The only problem is Hamas is not there. I mean, I wanted to talk to people from Hamas, not now, in, in the last years. For them, people like me, Are the best, the the, the worst enemies because they don't want to have a two state solution. They don't want to have Israelis around. They don't want to have the Israelis. I thought
0: Hamas had accepted the 1967 uh, borders. And
1: what is behind. Unilaterally. No, this is very, very important. When they became so called moderate, and said, okay, we will be satisfied for the time being with the 67 borders. They never said with whom? Because Israel doesn't exist for them. Now, a unilateral solution like that, thank you very much. I don't exist.
0: Maybe it was a start. Maybe it was a starting point. But what is this continuous a
1: point for both? I mean, they are not ready to talk with, with me about it. They are not ready to talk with any Israeli about it. They are not partners if they said, imagine that Hamas say tomorrow, now after so many years, we are ready to talk to the Israelis who are ready to the two-state solution, and we will negotiate about the border, the refugees, you name it. I could imagine that that could be a kind of a solution despite all what happened in the past.
0: Okay, but but, I mean, you know, this week was the uh, 10 years since Nelson Mandela died. You know how many people say that it's an apartheid state, uh, Israel. Nelson Mandela refused to negotiate unless the release of uh, ANC prisoners uh, guilty of uh, blowing up restaurants frequented by whites in apartheid South Africa. Is that not the paradigm in which we're...
1: When he he left the prison.
0: Mm. He was released. (laughs) And Um, Hamas want all its uh, prisoners... They want all the uh, prisoners, or they call them hostages, held by Israel released.
1: But not uh, from us. I mean, they don't want it from us. With us, they don't talk.
0: Never. Well, no, not until the Palestinian prisoners are released by Israel, isn't it? Just as the ANC did.
1: If you can quote them, where they are saying, release all the prisoners in the world and we will talk to you. Well, no. It is another ballgame. I'm just quoting them. The, don't put the, conditions for talking with me.
0: Well, that's what no Nelson Mandela did, condition. and that's how peace eventually happened in South Africa. Uh, what do you think you of
1: know, the... I, I was a friend of Nelson Mandela. Don't compare them to
0: I inter, me. I interviewed him here, and that was his clear...
1: Okay. That it was when
0: he was released that the negotiations happened. The United Nations Under Secretary of Humanity...
1: You, you believe that they are partners for negotiations now? I...
0: I'm just, uh, I'm just doing the interviewing here, and I'm saying that unless… Yeah,
1: okay, so I'm telling you, if they say we are ready for negotiations with the Israelis after the release, before the release, whatever, this is another ball game, even after the 7th, October the 7th, because I don't believe for in, in revenge. But they are not saying it. Well, they, they want all their prisoners released. That Israel doesn't have a right to, res- to, to exist. They want back their prisoners, of course they want, but it's not in order, to only in order to release our, you know, 10-month babies whom they are are keeping. For what? For what? Who does something like that? Nobody in the world. Well, regarding the
0: October the 7th, what do you think of all this information that is slowly coming out that the uh, sexual crimes... Were being uh, evidence was being promoted by this group Zaka. I don't know who who that is. It's I understand founded by a rapist. Give
1: me a break. Give me a break. I I I don't want even to argue about it. If people don't believe that these these poor women were hit and and raped and whatever, I'm not in the situation to prove them that they are wrong. They don't want to believe, so they will not believe. If they the the women themselves appealed and said, we were raped.
0: Okay, but... No, the, no, 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 no. But you know Tuval...
1: <clears throat>
0: but what do you make of Tuval secure from the security team for Kibbutz Biri, telling Haaretz, Israeli forces killed Israeli Jews on October the 7th. The IDF called for aerial strikes that killed Israelis.
1: Okay, maybe it is true, and all the, the uh, 1,200 people who were killed on the 7th of October were killed by Israelis.
0: So why is that not on, uh, it's actually in the Israeli press, but it's not in the press in the United States. I
1: I believe that it is 100% right. I mean, are you crazy? Please, please. Enough is enough for the Muammar Akbira. We killed ourselves. We raped ourselves. Now, I we invented something th- which. I don't think there
0: was right? any evidence of rape on either side, isn't it? But there's okay. now evidence okay. that those, that's coming out.
1: You know, I, I don't want to.
0: I, of we, course, of course. Let's get to ISIS. Let's get to.
1: In such a debate.
0: Let's get to ISIS, because you okay. mentioned ISIS. And of course. If
1: somebody doesn't want to believe the atrocities which took place then.
0: it's not a matter then of then belief. It's presenting be the also. evidence. It's presenting the evidence, isn't it?
1: Okay. So it, it, is, it is a Jewish invention. What is? All what happened on October the 7th was Israel... No, the
0: only source uh, in the Sunday Times, for instance, uh, in the past few days was this uh, group Zaka, and I understand it was founded by a rapist himself, Yehuda Meshi Zahav, who killed himself. But let's get to ISIS, and uh, the ISIS fighters, uh, what was Israel's position on ISIS? Because didn't Israel back the so-called rebel groups in Syria. Don't we have video of Netanyahu visiting ISIS fighters in 2014? Haaretz, again, Times of Israel, all saying Israel armed and funded 12 groups. Uh, I mean,
1: you want me to be the spokesman for Netanyahu?
0: No, I know you don't like him. You're no supporter of him. But that. is that is,
1: please? No, no. I but don't isn't like it? This kind of interview. I know you. I know that you are a very serious person and a journalist. And I don't want to participate in such a dialogue that somebody, a lunatic in, in, in Zaka, believed that there was no rape, that there was no 7th of October. There was not such a... Saturday. Oh, no, no, no. They... No, 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 it, no. no Israel they is behind ISIS. Sure. What well, no, do so you want me to say?
0: They are cited as the evidence in British newspapers for the evidence for rape taking place in sexual crimes on October the 7th. Clearly. But let's, okay, let's go to Gaza right now. Let's go to Gaza right now. What do you think about Israel's isolation in the international community? Well, there, the uh, former deputy minister of foreign affairs in the Israeli government, uh, the former uh, Israeli minister of justice, the former Israeli minister of economics and planning, the former spokesperson for the Israeli Labour Party, the former uh, Israeli minister... In the Prime Minister's office of Israel, Yossi Bein ended the interview. More from Going Underground after this short break. Welcome back to Going Underground. In the first half, we spoke to former Israeli Justice Minister Yossi Beylin, who terminated the interview about Gaza. But in the early hours of Thursday morning this week, the legendary British poet and writer who addressed global political injustice, Benjamin Zephaniah, died at the age of 65. Here is one of the last interviews he did with us on this show. Benjamin, thanks for being on Going Underground again. Why are we at the premises studio in East London? And what is The Revolutionary
2: Minds, the tour, the album, the track? Well, the track and the album, I guess, is about the revolution that I think we need now. Not necessarily one where people take to the streets and all that stuff. Although sometimes I think we need a bit of that, but more about trying to get people to think differently. I'm, I'm just convinced that the old way of doing stuff is just redundant. And I know you hear that from Labour Party people and you hear it from you, Change UK. Yeah, yeah, and all, that, and all that. But you know. I've said to you before, you know, I feel like an anarchist and that's the only way I can describe myself now. Because I look at so many other ways people have tried and I think they're all letting us down in one way or another. And we've got to find a new way. I don't know what the name of it is. I'm not telling people how to vote. I'm just trying to say, think outside the box.
0: You know, on our show we've had Loki, Nazi, Drill Minister, Marcy Phonics, even mainstream stars like Stormzy. You're on this music tour. I mean, I turn on the BBC and Channel 4 in Britain and they often have debates about whether it's music that's part of the problem as regards
2: uh, arguable economic violence, austerity since the 2008 crash. Music, as far as I've seen, has not made people unemployed. Music has not put people into bad housing. Um, Music has not left kids on the street hungry. Music has not caused homelessness. Music is trying to reflect those things.
0: The police are jailing or suspended sentences certainly for musicians drill music in uh, south london started in south london now internationally that's being blamed for the rise in serious youth crime
2: i know um artists that do drill music and what used to be called road music and grime music and um a lot of them are very creative people but they live in a very hostile environment and they're just reflecting their reality look when i started creating music, it was reggae music and we were talking about unpl- unemployment, we were talking about Babylon, the system, it was doing it, it, that's what it was doing to us, that was our reality. There's a wonderful, uh, sorry for quoting it, may seem stereotypical for a guy with dreadlocks to be quoting another guy with dreadlocks, but it was an interview when somebody was interviewing Bob Marley and said, you know, why is your work so political? And he just <laughs> didn't understand the question. Angry that it was. Well, the thing was, he just didn't understand, because he just thought, I'm just writing about my reality. I'm just writing about the way we live, I'm writing about the way we suffer, I'm writing about the way we are policed, you know, I'm writing about the way colonialism is affecting me. Um, It doesn't sit down and go, well, I'm gonna write political music and I don't think, you know, um, drill artists, I'm gonna write, really drill music to upset people and, and cause violence. This is their reality.
0: We see Jimmy Cliff was on this show around the time the hostile environment story started Mm. to emerge and obviously he was suitably angry. But since Theresa May and the disgraced Home Secretary Amber Rudd, I think she might be running now for leader, since she went, we've been having Afro-Caribbean families on the show, talking about people who are in their 80s who've never traveled abroad, who are people with threat of deportation, people who can't go to funerals. There's a lot of deaths in Jamaica after deportation. I mean, it surprised us here at Going Underground. You, you've been talking about issues to do with
2: immigration and racism for a long time. Did it surprise you? In 1993, April, 1993, Joy Gardner was killed. She was killed by an organization called the Extradition Squad. That was a squad that used to go around and deport people. She was in the house with her son and they came And I'm going to quote my own poetry. They put a leather belt around her, 13 feet of tape and bound her, handcuffs to secure her, and only God knows what else. She's illegal, so deport her, said the empire that brought her. She died. Nobody killed her, and she never killed herself. It is our job to make her return to Jamaica, said the alien deporters who deport people like me. The poem is much longer than that. I wrote that in 1993. This has been going on for years. I used to travel to Jamaica, and I remember once, around the same time, probably a bit earlier in the 80s, getting on a plane, and behind me, there was a woman in handcuffs. And when she saw me, she recognised me. She screamed, Benjamin, Benjamin, help me. Please help me. And I said, what's the problem? She said, they're deporting me, they're deporting me. I came to England when I was six months old. They're sending me back to Jamaica. I don't know Jamaica, brother. Help me, help me. And as I was like, got up to sit and talk with her. The police just said, back off, sit down. And all through the flight to Jamaica, I could hear her crying. And they just wouldn't let me go near her. So we've known about this for years. This is the 21st century, and these flights are going on. I don't know why you're so surprised. No, it doesn't surprise me. Um, (sighs) It's very sad that it doesn't surprise me, but it doesn't surprise me. Not much has changed. And certainly when it comes to kind of um, immigration, there was no time when the, home office is, uh, when the Home Office said, hey, stop, we're going to have a look at this and, um, and do something about it. They've just been tweaking it. And, and the, the strange thing is they're, they're tweaking it in the wrong direction. They're not creating an environment for these people to feel at home. They're creating a hostile environment. That's not a word that Left Wing made up or anybody With like that. It's the words of Theresa eh? May. Yes, we've just recently we've had five people killed in Jamaica and I heard from another one just a couple of days ago. After deportation? Yes, after deportation. And one guy that's just gone back, he came here while he was young, but um, he had a driving offense and they sent him back and he said all his neighbors think he's a rapist and a murderer because some MP said, we're only deporting rapists and murderers. And, he, and, he, and he's been deported on a driving offence. I don't know about you, but I have a driving offence. You know, we get parking tickets all the time, speeding tickets all the time. Well, I do. You look so innocent.
0: I don't know how to drive a car.
2: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: but um, you've been very a uh, big campaigner about the Chagos Islands. Maybe pe- Many people in Britain don't know much about it. Well, why were you involved? And what did you make of this court ruling that the British government seems to be ignoring,
2: that Britain has to uh, release... Uh, its imperial control of these islands in the Pacific? Well, first of all, what you said is right. Every time I write or talk about these islands, I get feedback from people saying, never heard of it. Could this really have happened? Um, That's why I talk about it. It's so outrageous what happened to those islands. And when it comes to the British government ignoring um, the court's rulings, well, that shows you that When people talk about the rule of law, that's fine until it's an inconvenience for them. And then they just ignore it. Especially when it comes to the Chagas Islands because it's not really in the headlines. I mean, I think at the moment, a lot of important things in British and international politics, but I'm speaking from a British perspective, are not in the headlines because we are so overwhelmed with Brexit. And the government are getting away with a lot of things because of that. I mean, if you go on question time, I've been on a few times, Um, and I brought that up. They would tell me that it's not current news, (laughs) you know. It's it's, it's not in the papers now, so it would be shut down. Um, So who decides what is current and what's not current? I mean, the the birth of a royal baby. Oh. Now, you're not going to tell me
0: that media seriously called you up to comment on the birth of a royal baby in terms of its identity politics, race, imperialism, kind of context,
2: just some, when, when the baby was, I don't know, a day old, are you? Well, this is a very important moment in our history. <laughs> <laughs> no, I am playing. Look, I'm just not interested. Um, revolutionary minds don't give a damn when a baby in the palace is born. I'm really not interested in what happens. What to do you think house. is going through the minds of the kinds of journalists that immediately think, Ah, it could be a black baby, I'll call Benjamin Zephaniah. I don't I, it's very really difficult to get into the, to the mind of somebody who thinks that. There are some, some journalists, some media people, who think that, you know, uh, Benjamin Zephaniah, um, Kindy Andrews, Akala, um, Hearst, um, these are the spokespeople for the black community. And we never claim to be. We just we have our point of view and we create our art and our poetry and whatever and we have a point of view. But we never claim to speak for the black community. And we none of us are experts on black people, but they seem to think we are, you know. I mean I've had worse things than that. I had an interview the other day where a lady kind of reached out to me and just went, So Benjamin, tell me, what is it like to be black? I should remember that. I think that's quite a good one. I mean, how do you answer that? Okay, just. I just years. said I don't, I, I've never been white. Julian Assange is in
0: Belmarsh prison, the so-called Guantanamo of prisons in this country. What do you make of WikiLeaks and, uh, and the situation regarding Julian Assange?
2: You know, I, I really don't know that much about him. But as soon as I started to hear about his work, sadly, I kind of thought that it would end this way. The idea of somebody who says, there's all this stuff that's hidden from you and I'm gonna show you it, I'm gonna give it to you, left, right and center. Um, it's the kind of person I've always w- wanted to see, you know, I've, I've, always, I've always felt that there's so much that we just don't know about. And here's somebody kind of putting it in the public domain. One thing that really upsets me is that we don't hear about, all this stuff that they're putting out. I saw a film of American soldiers s- shooting innocent people in the street. You know, this is big news. These are the kinds of things that the people of my country, the people of the world should know about. These are the kind of things that these people get up to. There's a line of poetry in one of, the, one of my tracks on the album, it's called In This World, and there's a line there that you could apply to Judah, and it says, um, we live in a world where people who expose corruption and illegal activities in governments become the ones who are persecuted and hunted down. We live in a world where those who expose violations of the law are themselves violated by the law. And I really think that's what's happening to him. Tell me about cool down, because
0: people have talked about the privatization of stress being mental illness. Obviously, there's austerity. Obviously, there's the kind of revolutionary fervor on
2: demonstrations, uprisings. What, what is, what's your song Cool Down about? It's about young people, and I've got to say, it was originally written about 10 years ago. It's about young people on the streets who were kind of killing themselves with knives and guns, fighting um, because it was kind of post-Cold War. There was a sad case of the other day where a kid is just sitting outside Stratford Station. A guy comes up to him and says, what ends are you from? He didn't even answer him, suspecting that he came from another place, he shot him. Um, I do think sometimes it is overblown in the media but I do know parents who have lost their children that way. So for them it's a very serious thing. I had to be at a funeral just a couple of weeks ago, a very similar story. Um, So it was a message to them. I've always said that in the kind of society we live in now, it's natural to be angry, you know. It's what you do with that anger. And when you just start killing your neighbours and your brothers and sisters, you're directing it in the wrong way. Frant Fanon wrote about this kind of, sometimes when people can't hit out at the people that are really oppressing them, they start hitting out at themselves, and I think that's what's happening.
0: Benjamin Zephaniah there, who died in the early hours of Thursday morning. That's it for the show and condolences from the whole team here at Going Underground to the thousands of bereaved families here in the Middle East. We'll be back on Monday here in host of COP28 Dubai with the UAE's former climate change and environment minister, Dr. Abdullah Belhaif al-Noemi. Until then, keep in touch via all our social media if it's not censored in your country. And head to our channel, Going Underground TV, on rumble.com to watch new and old episodes of Going Underground. See you Monday.